On this episode of Take Talks Business, we speak with Dean Ives, franchise owner of Mosquito Squad of Hampton Roads. Dean, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Take Talks Business. I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to, to speak with me and to the listeners of the podcast. Hey, I, I, I appreciate you inviting me on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely good to be here and share whatever I can to help as many people get into entrepreneurship as possible. That's wonderful. I appreciate it. So uh, for those who may not be familiar with you, can you give a little bit of your background um, professionally and um, kind of what's brought you to where we are today as the franchise owner for Mosquito Squad? For sure. So, you know, uh, just to start out with that, I, I am the franchise owner of Mosquito Squad of Hampton Roads. So we cover South Side and Peninsula um, <clears throat> all the way to basically where the rest area is on 64 up there through uh, New Kent. And um, I'm not actively involved with the daily operations of that business. My wife does run it. Um, and I have been the owner of that business <clears throat> since I was 18 and I'm 30. So going on wow. about 12 years now. Uh, and it's been, you know, I, uh, I've, I've learned a lot uh, in, in the franchising world and kind of how to run a business through a franchise. Uh, and then kind of going back to your original question was, uh, I also own Conserva Irrigation of Hampton Roads. Okay. So uh, lawn sprinklers, that type of thing, um, another franchise. And then my wife and I have a construction company as well. Gotcha. Okay. Well, and it's, it's interesting because you started off uh, obviously early in your, your career. Um, and a lot of times I'll ask the chicken and, and egg question, which is basically, were you, were you someone who knew you were going to be an entrepreneur and, and business person first and just had to find the right fit for you? Or were you somebody who kind of had a passion for something and realized, okay, if I'm going to make this work, I have to be an entrepreneur and business owner? Mm -hmm. So uh, brief, brief background, my mom. Uh, had her own construction business. I, I grew up with that my whole life. Um, gotcha. In the government contracting world, they had this thing called 8A and being a woman in construction, she was a graduate of that. So uh, by the time I was, you know, senior in high school, I was working for, I was, I was doing project management even then some, and then uh, I, I transitioned to working for her full-time when I went to college. And, uh, you know, I went to, I went to Old Dominion, great place, went for the first, uh, I don't know, month, and then I realized I had started paying people uh, to go to class for me and, you know, click my name <laughs> on Twitter. And I realized that it probably wasn't the place for me. So uh, <laughs> it was at that point that I kind of quit the whole school thing because, well, it really didn't fit me. Uh, yeah. And went to the construction world full time. You know, good or bad, I recognize that it's all, you know, some of us just aren't meant for it. I wasn't. Yeah. Um, and then while I was working for her, this mosquito thing came out of nowhere, right? And we were you know, we were in a company where it was all project-based work, you know, it's, wow. it's, it was feast or famine, you either got a job or you don't, and, and they, it was a lot of traveling involved with it, uh, and I wasn't a real big fan of that, and so I heard about this, there was this mosquito company, um, and a guy had actually started a mosquito squad prior to me, um, and he was in the commercial real estate business, I know him today, I, you know, I won't name him here, but I still love him to death, and uh, called him up and, and, and just one day said, hey, are you, are you interested in selling your business? Out of the blue. And wow. he says, well, yeah, I am. And so that's, that's how it happened. Um, wow. you know, at the time, there wasn't really, you know, mosquito service really didn't, wasn't a thing then. 
Yeah. Um, and I liked the fact that it was recurring revenue. That's the only thing that I saw, you know, even, yeah. at, a, you know, even at a young age was I liked recurring revenue. You know, I, I looked around at me and, uh, you know, at, at all the businesses that I always saw that, that grew really well and steadily and, and was a brand that people could depend on for their families and, you know, to, to grow, I wouldn't say easier, but at a consistent pace. Um, you know, and a lot of those things are, are home services businesses, they're pest control companies, um, you know, and, and, and that's what caught my eye. So uh, I started, started off with that. Uh, I bought a, like a, a, a territory every year or so, just kind of reinvesting in the business. I was wow. still working in the construction world full time while doing that. Yeah. And so my mom let me rent a, rent a desk with an office person at her <laughs> office. <laughs> Uh, so That's great. While was, yeah, well, I was normally out of town doing that kind of stuff. I, you know, went through different managers and you know different stuff on the phone, uh, but was eventually able to grow it into what it is today. And it's uh, and and then my wife is kind of taking it to the next level, and it's it's cool to be a part of it, and it's also cool to have a partner in it that kind of sees what you see and and can also, you know, I'm not a good manager. Okay, I am I am not. <laughs> you know, I'm. I'm I'm, I'm more of a big picture type of guy. I kind of know what I want, but I need people who are much more process oriented than I am that are much better at managing than I am to actually gotcha. be able to make it happen. Gotcha. So, uh, it took me a couple of years to learn that, a couple of years of floundering. Um, but I will say that at an early age, you know, the, the, the perks of franchising was that they taught you how to run a business by the numbers, not yeah. by what you feel, and not by what you think are good numbers, but by a well-educated outlook on your P&L and your balance sheet, being able to compare it with other franchisees. And that's also, it's, it's that network of franchisees that is the best part. You know, some of my greatest friends today are people that I started out in the franchising world with, you know, and they're the ones that I call when I'm down or the ones I'm, I call when I'm up. And they're the ones I call when I want to go somewhere to hang out with somebody, I go see them. You that's know, great. I, I absolutely love franchising in that aspect, but uh, you know, I, I would say the real focus was at a really early age was really learning on how to run a business by the numbers, which was something that my family business didn't give me. Um, was 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 that really good hard look at what your numbers are, why they are what they are, and how you can improve them. Um, and then another thing was, you know, you always want to build the thing to sell it. No matter what you're doing, even if you don't want to sell it right now, always build to sell. And there's a, there's even a book out there titled that, uh, built to sell. But always build your business to run without you and to sell it to get maximum value out of it. That's great. Well, and you and I talked a little bit about uh, about this before we came on the call. But um, the idea that sometimes franchise brands, because they are so big, sometimes have the perception within the public that it's it's owned by a corporation or a big company. Mm -hmm. But the reality is in, in many franchises, if not most, there's usually a, a very local uh, person, family, group of professionals that are the ones that are driving that like any other small business in a community. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that dynamic um, plays uh, with your involvement within the community itself? Yeah, so I mean, I'm a I'm a Pungo native. Okay, live in live out in Virginia Beach in Pungo. You know, this is a this is a real homegrown business. What what franchising gives you out of the gate is normally is a web presence and that marketing. Yeah. Um, 
then they're going to give you the back end stuff normally, which is maybe not necessarily how you operate your business, but um, some form of some structure on how you probably should operate your business. Um, and then they make other things easier, like, you know, acquiring your materials and maybe how you lay out your vehicles. A lot of that legwork's already done. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and outside of that, you, you pay them a fee, you know, overall an average franchise fee for all of my franchises in the home services world tends to run around 10%. Gotcha. Okay. Um, you know, what that being said is that's kind of what you pay as you move forward. Um, but a lot of the things that you would normally have to continue to work on and improve, um, if it were your own business, you don't, you know, you're, you're getting a whole lot of people that are helping you to do these things much better than you could do on your own, whether yeah. that's, again, your, your web presence or negotiating material prices for you. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll oftentimes hear people, uh, sneer somewhat, I guess, at the thought of like, oh, you're, you know, you have to buy your materials from, from corporate, you know, uh -huh. and, uh, and it's like, yeah we do, but, you know, when I go out there, um, on my own and try it, I tend to save money. So it works out, you know, mm -hmm. things, uh, again, things like your, your, your websites and all those stuff, there's, there's a whole team of people always working on that kind of stuff for you. And, and it does lend itself to online or just general marketing to make it look like you're a really big company, but that's why you're part of a franchise. Yeah. You know, there's a, you know, there's a whole lot of experience that I can call at any given time for any problem that 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 we may face. Um, and I think that that's another great aspect of franchising. You know, it's just that massive amount of experience that you can call on, whether it's experience in doing the job itself, whether that's experience in in how our products work, whatever that case is, you know, your, your knowledge basis is almost endless. And so to me, franchising is about a fantastic thing would you know would highly recommend it but going back to your point you know it is it it is a small business with a big business look yeah. and people do come to expect in today's world you know people come to expect a certain level of professionalism and uh i would say marketing and a certain polished look you know or yeah. if they don't expect it they want it and that's what franchising gives you that's great. Um, and you talked a little bit about uh, lessons learned when it came to kind of knowing who you are as a professional, um, as you had said about kind of managing a business and, and knowing your, your strengths and your weaknesses. Were there, were there any other lessons learned either early on or, or now that you've done this for, for some time that you look at it and go, yeah, man, I, I wish I knew that before? Mm -hmm. uh... I'm going to pick two or three things here, not to make this too long. Okay. No, please. And, and uh, I'm going to say that the, the first thing uh, was franchising loves to get you to spend money on marketing, <laughs> regardless of whether or not your business can handle it, or if it's necessarily good marketing, they want you to spend it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that a really early lesson that I wish I could go back and tell myself was if you're going to spend money on marketing, at least in my world, um, your guys only make money when they're at somebody's house. They don't make any money driving. And so therefore, Gosh. you know, keep that marketing area uh, really small, you know, focus on wherever your uh, main customer basis is or, or maybe the demographics of customers that might fit you. 
and just keep yeah. hammering these areas because it's really easy to look at the area as a whole and um, you'll get the, I guess, get a little overexcited. Yeah. Um, and you end up just throwing money out there, not really getting anywhere. Yeah. You know, and, and so you want to make sure you match that marketing spend and your inbound lead flow with how much work you can actually get, how much work can yeah. you actually do. Um, yep. You know, so that's that that was one of those those lessons. And, and, and I had to relearn that lesson with another business of mine, too. So uh, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, don't always take my own advice there. <laughs> and then uh, I guess I would say that on the management aspect of things, I tend to now look at the business as far as what it needs um, and then look at look at what I'm good at. And I, yeah. at a very early start, I start subbing the things out that I'm not good at or that I don't like to do. So I'm just not going to do them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so that's, that's how I tend to grow them. Uh, you know, I, I just try to focus on those things that I'm just not going to do or not real good at. And then um, I can do my thing. You know, I'm, I'm really good at, at getting a business off the ground and getting it growing and getting it moving. Uh, and then we just get the right people in place to help us from there. Well, and going back to the to what you were talking about as far as the marketing, um, mm-hmm. that's something that I think I see a lot of whether it's whether it's on marketing teams or businesses. It's that idea that if you ask somebody who's your client, and inevitably, like in, if it's home related, like in your case, they go, "Well, anybody who owns a home," mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden that net becomes so huge. To your point, mm-hmm. it's it's virtually impossible that you're ever going to reach everybody. Mm-hmm. So, so figure out who, who is that truly targeted market, mm-hmm. focus on that, build it out. And then if you have an opportunity to grow beyond that initial targeted market, then take that growth. Absolutely. And don't forget to hold your pricing uh, with that same ideology. You know, yeah. we're not the cheapest on the block. I have no intention to be, Um and I won't compete on price. You know, my price is what I need to grow my business, to manage my business effectively, um, and to get the bottom line margin that I, as an owner, want. Yeah. Uh, you know, with that being said, as we think that we provide a superior level of customer service because you are paying more. Uh, I mean, for example, all my Mosquito Squad guys have body cameras now. Oh, wow. Okay. So they all wear body cams. Um, you know, we have GPS that links up with the body cams, too. So there's there's other aspects of our company uh we use extremely premium products in the field as it is um from the products that we do use to treat your lawn with so uh we spend the money on our end and if you want that great if you don't want that great you're not my customer that's fine yeah that's that's great you know we want to hold that superior level of service because as a brand that's who we are and as a small business here in hampton roads that's who we are yeah do you find that that when dealing with smaller businesses that it can be hard for owners to take that approach because they, they are they see the bottom line and they want to they want to generate revenue so bad mm-hmm. that I think it takes a special manager to be willing to kind of take that Nordstrom approach to things to say we are we are an exceptional product or service. Mm-hmm. And we're and we're going to stand by the the value proposition of what we have to offer, and with that may come a higher uh, price point, mm-hmm. but uh, it's going to match what we do as a as a as a business for our customers. And 
Do you find that you see that to be something that a lot of owners struggle with? I, you know, I think a lot of business owners struggle with that as a whole, because if you're an yeah. entrepreneur, you're out there trying to get more business, right? You're trying to grow your business. And a lot of times the only, uh, the only caveat to that in the initial time frame, especially for the first couple of years is you've got to get enough business to generate enough revenue for you to survive. Yeah. Right. Uh, but then after that, hopefully once you've figured out your demographic and, and, and you've, you've refined your approach a little bit, you can start saying no, because not everyone is your customer. Yeah. And, and that's okay, but it takes a while and it takes <laughs> a lot of hard learned lessons. And it, sometimes it takes a bit of humility to remember that, you know, because yeah. we do, we want to help everybody. We want to make everybody's yard better. We want to make everybody's house better. I want to make everybody's day better, but I'm not going to do it for everybody. And that's yeah. okay. So that's yeah. great. That's great. So I, we've, we're, here we are, we're, we're well into the conversation. And one thing we haven't told everybody is what services you do provide. So I want to make sure everybody's clear on, on what Mosquito Squad does um, for your services and, and how you can help those that are listening. For sure. So our services right now are mosquitoes, fleas, ticks, chiggers. Uh, we will get 100% of fleas and ticks. And typically, you'll get about a 90% reduction of mosquitoes with our services. Uh, we operate April through October. Uh, on average, we'll come about 10 times in that year. So we're coming okay. once every three weeks. Wow. Um, and, you know, we, we, we work really hard at it. Uh, of course, it does come with a satisfaction guarantee. So if you're not happy, you know, you go out there and you get eaten alive, uh, you know, on your back porch while y'all are out there trying to have a steak and a glass of wine. Just call us back, you know, call us back, email us, text us, carry your pigeon us. It doesn't matter. Get us a note so we can get somebody back there, retreat that place free of charge for you and, and uh, take care of it. That's great. Um, and how do people find you? You talked about the website. Um, what, what, what is the primary way to reach out to your, your team? Yeah, you guys can call us at 757-422-2483 is our phone number. You can go online. Um, either Google Mosquito Squad. We got a lot of reviews out there. Uh, you know, see what other people are saying about us. You know, as a company, we're here uh, because it does work. Yeah. You know, that's 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 why we're here. It, it works and it's fantastic. So check out some of those reviews. Hit us up Facebook. Um, uh, go online. Chat us on our website. You know, however, do whatever it takes. However it takes, whatever it takes, and we'll get back to you within normal working hours, which for us right now is about seven to seven. Gotcha. Okay. And just for those that are listening, but um, when this actually goes to broadcast, we're probably going to be about mid-May. So is it too late at that time? I mean, how, how do you guys work it when you're in season like that? So most of our customers start uh, right about the middle of April. Uh, in fact, okay. we started a little bit earlier this year uh, for those that wanted it. So mid-May is enough to kind of get you going uh, as far as that seasonal package of protection goes for you. But it doesn't really matter when you start in the year. I think the key is just getting it started, getting it planned, um, getting on our schedule. And then you probably won't ever notice that we're not there, right? Or, or <laughs> uh, uh, as long as there's no mosquitoes. So yeah, just, just, just get on it, uh, you know, get on the plan, get on the package, get with us, and then we'll take it from there. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Dean, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Uh, giving our listeners a little bit of a background as far as franchise ownership. 
Um, and obviously what we all don't want to deal with in the Hampton Roads community, which is mosquitoes. For sure. So uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate your team. Uh, thanks for your time today. And thanks for taking the time to, uh, to connect with the listeners of Take Talks Business. Hey, Tage, thanks so much. And, and for everybody out there listening too, thanks for taking time out of your day to listen to my little, my little life story. I wish everyone the best. Thank you very much. Wonderful. And thank you to listeners of Take Talks Business. We'll catch you in the next episode.